Hi, and welcome to this week's LGBT Wellness Podcast. Each week, LGBT HealthLink, a program of Centerlink, brings you a roundup of some of the biggest LGBTQ wellness stories from the past week. Get ready to listen and learn lots. Hi, everyone. This is Corey. Welcome back to another week of our LGBT Wellness Roundup. As always, if any of these stories we are about to discuss pique your interest, just head to blog.lgbthealthlink.org where you will find links to all of them. Anyway, our first story of the week is Youth Face Barriers Disclosing Gender Identity. Newsweek reported on a new study led by Gina Secura that found hesitance among trans and gender nonconforming youth uh, with respect to coming out to their healthcare providers as transgender. While 78% of these participants said that they had come out to at least one provider at some point in their lives, uh, 46% said that they had at some point intentionally avoided the subject while they were getting care. Inclusive practices like recognizing their names and gender pronouns uh, increase the likelihood of youth to come out to their providers, which is uh, great to see some data around this topic. I think it's intuitive to a lot of us that work in this field that, of course, you have to recognize um, trans and nonconforming youth by their uh, by their names and their gender pronouns if you want them to feel comfortable. But this is a study that shows um, that it you know it really is true. We have some data to back it up, um, you know, and it really it should encourage healthcare providers to include that option on forms and make sure that they have protocols in place so that people are getting called by their correct names and pronouns. Next up, LGBT anti-smoking efforts deemed critical. The Surgeon General's Office published an annual report on smoking, and they found convincing evidence that LGBT people face significant smoking disparities that need to be addressed. They did note that the data is lighter in some areas than others. So, for example, with respect to transgender adults, um, we have a lot less data than we do with respect to uh, gay, bi, and lesbian adults. Um, But they did say that the research um, is clear that there is a, quote, critical importance, unquote, of both targeting LGBT folks with tobacco cessation efforts and increasing data on gender identity in particular so that we have more data to back this up and we can better know how to support this population. In our next story, examining gender identity and skin cancer. A study led by Sean Singer found that gender nonconforming adults had higher lifetime prevalence of skin cancer than all other individuals, including both cisgender and transgender adults who identified on a binary basis of male or female. Compared to cisgender men, transgender men and women didn't have statistically significant uh, differences in terms of skin cancer. In other words, cisgender men, trans men, and trans women were all about equal um, in terms of statistical significance uh, with lifetime prevalence of skin cancer. But cisgender women um, had the lowest rates, uh, which is consistent with other research. So it was really, you know, gender nonconforming adults who, um, who had a higher rate, which uh, is something that should definitely be concerning. The authors also um, note that both gender nonconforming and uh, transgender male and transgender female adults 
are all more likely to avoid uh, cancer screening, more likely than not, based on the research that we have available, because these are uh, folks that tend to avoid care in general out of fear of discrimination, lower rates of being insured, etc. So the authors point out that even though the disparity they found was particular to gender nonconforming adults, we need to make sure that we're supporting all trans and gender nonconforming folks with respect to issues like skin cancer, since even though they may not be more likely to have a lifetime prevalence of skin cancer, um, trans adults could um, be less likely to get it detected early and less likely to, to start the care that they need. In our next story, HIV and HPV in the South. Researchers led by Wan Fen Lee found that among people living with HIV in the southern United States, men were more likely than women to report a number of HPV-related clinical conditions, despite the fact that, generally speaking, um, women are more impacted by these um, conditions and by HPV in general than men are. And that's why uh, nationwide, um, young women have been targeted for HPV vaccination, whereas young men have until um, really recently um, been mostly ignored. The study highlights the importance of understanding and addressing broader health issues facing people living with HIV, and that's a topic that can sometimes get lost. Um, There's so much focus now on, you know, getting people um, to an undetectable viral load, um, which can be really important for health, but there's a whole other set of um, health conditions that folks living with HIV are are dealing with, and, um, you know, this study points out why it's important that we take a really holistic approach. Next up, working towards equity in heels. Nursing Times reported on a UK nurse competing for that country's top drag queen prize and who is using the competition to draw attention to health inequities and unmet care needs facing LGBT patients. Poppy Aphrodite, as the drag queen is known, says that drag helped them to find the confidence they needed to be a leader at their hospital. Um, They say that their hospital happens to enjoy uh, a really strong LGBT and ally network, but that a lot of hospitals in the UK, and I would venture in the US as well, are still lacking that kind of support and visibility. And finally for this week, an up-close look at ending HIV. The CDC published a really great series of profiles of people working uh, on the front lines, as they say, in the fight against HIV from all over the world. They also included some facts there about how the CDC and PEPFAR have supported local HIV prevention and treatment efforts globally. This series looks at quite a few different topics, including data collection, mobile testing, connection to treatment, and diverse prevention methods, and it looks at the stories through the eyes of different people, sometimes patients, sometimes providers, um, so definitely worth checking out. Well, that does it for another week of our LGBT Wellness Roundup. I hope that you have enjoyed uh, this week's stories. I know I particularly enjoyed uh, learning about nursing uh, and and drag queen and the intersection of those um, professions. Um, anyway, if you're interested in reading more about any of these stories, just go over to blog.lgbthealthlink.org, where as always, you will find this story in a written form with all of the links. And otherwise, I hope you will check back next week for another edition of our LGBT Wellness Roundup. Thanks so much.